Thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, a bonus edition to your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Gray Lake State. My name's Robert Kerr here with you on episode 101, recorded late night, March 15th, 2023. I'm going to jump right into it because there's some timeliness involved in our next topic. He is representing a Futsal Factory Academy who is playing their final regular season game in the National Futsal Premier League. The executive director and owner of Futsal Factory Academy, Drew Ducker, thank you so much for joining us here on Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate it, man. And feel free to call me uh, Ducks. That's what everyone, everyone in the soccer and futsal world knows me by so so you may say true and they may not know who you're talking about <laughs> all right well ducks uh does that nickname relate purely name relation or is there any uh characteristic uh reasons <laughs> no that is a good question though no it's a name i got early into my college career and it just stuck and that's what everyone started calling me so it, it just it made sense to stick with it so all right I, th- that'll that'll be easy to remember i guess we'll just start off with the basics you're playing in the National Futsal Premier League, and uh, you're playing Saturday night, like I said. But for those uh, folks that uh, don't know uh, too much about futsal, uh, what does uh, what would what Saturday's game uh, going to look like, and how's the game played? Yeah, for sure. For those who, who want a, a quick version of what futsal is, so we play on uh, similar to a basketball court size. A basketball court is typically like 94 by 50 feet. Uh, our futsal court is actually 120 by 60, so it's actually quite a bit larger than a, than a typical basketball court. Um, it's 5v5, four and a keeper. Uh, so there's a smaller, kind of slightly weighted ball that we use. It's different than an outdoor ball, so obviously the ball sticks way, way more on the grounds. <clears throat> um, and there's a couple of different rules, including some like uh, free substitution rules, kind of like hockey. You can sub anytime you want. There's kick-ins instead of throw-ins, and then... The most interesting rule for, for kind of new new people, new spectators, new players is the goalkeeper rule. So the goalkeeper, once the goalkeeper gets it and plays it to any other field player, uh, the goalkeeper cannot get it back unless there's a change in possession or uh, the goalkeeper is over the half. So there are some um, odd limitations to goalkeeper, but the rest of the game is, is very, very similar to, to the soccer rules. Is it fair to say that that rule is basically to, to, to force the action of the, the outfield players? Yeah, I think so. Uh, at the youth level, I feel like it's it, it's a lot more in terms of developmental reasons, forcing players to to kind of not, not always play backwards and play to the keeper. At the higher level, I think there's some to still, be, still wanting the game to uh, be more enjoyable and, and force players to play, like you said, and, and as opposed to always using the goalkeeper and having like a five versus four advantage. So um, I'm personally a fan of the rule at all levels. And I think, like you said, it makes the game more entertaining at the high level uh, where you can pick only certain moments to use the goalkeeper. Um, I mentioned uh, uh, Futsal Factory Academy's men's side is playing on Saturday, but uh, you have a a number of uh, other teams uh, that are playing, correct, in the uh, National Futsal Premier League? 
Yeah, so the National Futsal Premier League, our organization also runs. We actually have 12 teams throughout the U.S. There's four in a Southwest division and eight kind of in like a Great Lakes Midwest region. Uh, this weekend, we play a team called Cincinnati Jenga. Um, it's a good little side. It's definitely an important win for us. Uh, we've got to win our last three games to hopefully qualify for, for playoffs. So this game is a big game coming up for us. On the women's uh, side of the academy, it looks like they're having a tremendous season. I see their first place in their division at 5-1. and one. Our women have been exceptional this year. The final will be um, streamed this Saturday. Um, it's it's us and Olay from Grand Rapids in the final, but our women have been great all year. We've, we've got a big goal differential compared to all teams, and I think the average age of our team is also like 17. So our women's team has quite a bit of young talent on it. We were talking about uh, this on the show over the last few episodes that some of the most exciting players in Michigan seem to be coming from the the, the women's side. Uh, have you noticed that? Seeing obviously with you coaching and being involved so much in this sport, is there uh, like a general rise in talent across the board in uh, on the women's side, or is there just a, a couple uh, super talented girls? No, I think on the the. The, the youth side, but specifically on the, on the women's side for the women's team, we've just had a lot of players come join us, you know, early on. So most of those players I've had for four, five, six, seven years. Um, and they've just kind of stuck to, you know, using football as a good developmental tool for, for their outdoor games. So, I mean, a couple of players that I'm sure you've been aware of lately. So Nicole Grimaldo, she plays for the Nationals. She's 17. She just got back recently from Mexico Youth National Team. Um, Chloe Ricketts, right? She's been with us for since she was 12 years old. Just signed with Washington Spirits. Also, U17 National Team for the U.S. Michaela Johnson has played with us the last year and a half now. She's a 2008 that plays with the Nationals and also plays for a U15 Outdoor National Team. Uh, Beanie Harshi has been with us since she's 11-12. She's a Hawks 06 player just committed this uh, last fall to University of Michigan. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's just to name a couple. We've got four or five others that play high, high level of outdoor college, high level of outdoor club, club, and then a few others that I think will be involved in the outdoor national team, and then a few that I think will be involved in the, the U.S. women's futsal national team that was just recently announced uh, about a month ago. So that that's a, that's a whole uh, bevy of uh, impressive talent, uh, you listed there, and obviously they play for a whole uh, variety of teams that you, you listed as well. Um, so is futsal generally, like, uh, I guess, what is the, the time commitment level from generally in the academy and as well as these uh, first team in the uh, NFPL? Like, uh, is it just in the winter? Is it like a couple days? Like, I guess how, how much of the futsal is mixed in with the, those other teams you're talking about? Yeah, so our youth teams will train – once a week, pretty much all winter from November through the middle of March. So we're just kind of wrapping up the youth season. Some of those teams will train like an extra five or six times if they're training for specific events. But we try to do the best we can to balance, obviously, their club soccer season. So uh, that's why most of the time we just train on Friday. It's just once a week. Um, we'll do a little bit uh, in the late spring and we we'll do a couple of different things in the summer just because those are the, the best times to not kind of compete or conflict with club soccer. Um, so we'll see kids anywhere from, you know, 18 to 25 times for training, and they'll play anywhere from three to probably six different events with us during the, the year. 
Uh, and then the women will train, you know, an additional once a week on top of that. The men will train twice a week pretty consistently just through the winter. And then we'll do like a six-week segment in the summer. We'll do like one summer event for the men, men one for the women. So we try to we try to dip in where we can to maximize just the, the use of futsal. Um, and we spend a good deal of time kind of talking about where, when, why, and how futsal translates to the outdoor because – as much as I personally like futsal and some of our players love it, like I want them to go back and, and reap the rewards of futsal and, and their outdoor game. Yeah, what is it about um, futsal and the weighted ball and just having it stay to your feet more? I mean, I never had a, a, a touch my whole life. And then um, for three winters in a row, just out of necessity, because we only had a very small like kids gym to play in and we played once a week and playing for like three winters in a row, I suddenly had a touch. What, what, what is that? Uh, why is it that futsal is uh, so helpful in that regard? Yeah, I think the weighted ball itself, right, forces you to play, right? Uh, an outdoor ball, you can can have the ball in the air. It can be pinged around a little bit. It's a, it's a lot more of it. can be a lot more of an aerial game. But in futsal, like uh, anything in the air has to be with a real specific purpose. Otherwise, it's on the ground and it forces you to, to be comfortable on the ball, right? You're forced to make decisions on the ball, off the ball very quickly. You're forced to, to maybe dribble in places that aren't ideal, but you've got to solve the problem with, with the ball lots. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things. And I think movement off the ball, right? How to support the play, how to clear space, how to overload sides. I think you see that a lot more now in the outdoor game, right? In like a, a 4-4-2, a diamond in the midfield, a 4-3-3 where your midfielders are overloading, you know, a wing. A winger will overload the middle or all the way across. So I think you see a lot of those little tactics kind of pulled out of futsal. Um, so for me, you know, I think uh, you're just maximizing those decisions on and off the ball in futsal as well. And then if you can understand how to apply them to outdoor, uh, I think it changes maybe the, the more conventional way on, on how to play the game, right? When you look at some other countries that, that understand creativity and freedom, you know, their structure is not so rigid, um, so it, it allows them just to have a better understanding of the game. How did you come to futsal? It seems to be a, a, a huge part of uh, your life. For sure, yeah. I grew up in South Florida, so I played I played a little bit of futsal growing up. I played a lot of versions of street futsal and indoor soccer and small-sided. You know, a big Spanish population, Brazilian population in Florida. So I was kind of integrated just into the the soccer, futsal, small-sided culture growing up. So I was just kind of fortunate to be around those players that just kind of grew up or had parents that, that played at a high level and, and were used to more than just, you know, old-school American soccer, let's call it. Um, and then when I got into college, I kind of fell into the indoor game. Uh, one of my coaches uh, where I played college at kind of introduced me to, like, high-level indoor. Um, I played a little bit of futsal in, the, in college when I was in Nashville at Vanderbilt and then kind of just – fell into professional indoor soccer uh, and then the coach at the time for the Milwaukee Wave indoor where I kind of fell into to playing or get invited to playing was also the national team coach for futsal at the time and the short version is that kind of jump-started my career. I got involved in the futsal national team and ended up playing, you know, what is it, 9, 10, 11 years professional indoor and then in and out of the futsal national team for, you know, about a decade or so and then jumped into coaching at that point and kept kind of pushing futsal and getting more integrated into futsal and then kind of fast forward to where I am now. I think the concept of and the playing the game in Michigan is uh, a little bit newer um, in recent years. 
why do you think it's it's kind of uh, become more of a an integrated thing into the into the uh, soccer landscape than it, it was before? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few reasons. I think you you hear a lot about the, the success from Messi and Ronaldo and Iniesta's and Xavi and those guys, you know, and they're always asked about how did you get so good. A lot of what they say is like, yeah, I grew up playing futsal and that's part of who may, what may be the player I am today. So I think that mixed with just, you know, futsal growing naturally globally, there's more about the World Cup, there's more about Ricardinho and Falcao, two of the biggest futsal players. I think TV and internet has just kind of been able to provide a platform of what futsal is. And I think uh, just the evolution of, of soccer in general, you see a lot of what, you know, France is doing, Brazil, Germany, Argentina, Belgium, they're, they're trying to just uh, enhance their programs. And a lot of it is going back to small-sided soccer and futsal and, you know, what are, what are the benefits and what do we want, you know, players to, to be able to master technically and tactically and, small sided and futsal makes sense for a lot of those reasons. Um, and, and I think club coaches and, and coaches in America are obviously, you know, continuing to educate theirself. Coaching youth soccer now is, you know, a full-time career where, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it really wasn't. So I think coaches are looking for, Hey, you know, how can we separate ourselves? How can we educate ourselves? And, you know, some more, some more directors and clubs are seeing the value of futsal and, you know, starting to integrate it and dip their feet into it and trying to understand, you know, is it a tool they want to incorporate in their club or not? So Saturday, uh, the finale for, uh, um, would you consider the NFPL side like the first team for your club? For sure. On the futsal side, yeah. Like uh, we've got a youth academy, we have like a, a high school NFPL team, and then we have our men's team, right? So Right now, the NFPL is, is the highest level of futsal in the U.S. That's organized, right? So it's 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 all semi-pro amateur. So it's very similar to UPSL, uh, NPSL, right? The MWPL, like those kind of leagues. Uh, but we're looking to obviously continue to grow it. Um, we have a lot of players who kind of grow up through our youth academy and play on our men's team. We have a lot of players who have played on our men's team and now play either professional outdoor, professional indoor, and go on to bigger things. But for our club's sake, futsal, the NFPL futsal team is, is the highest level we have. Uh, and then now, as, as you may have known, right, we just announced uh, our outdoor segment. So our women will play, we'll have a, a UWS women's team this summer and a Midwest Premier League team on the men's side this summer. So those two uh, entities will be the highest level for us uh, on the outdoor side as well. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask you next that, uh, with the, the season coming to an end here in the spring, uh, you've de- what what was behind your decision to uh, move to the outdoor game this this summer? Yeah, good question. So we've had a lot of a lot of players over the years, right? We've been around for I think what seven or eight years on on the futsal side of things. Um, I've seen a lot of our players come through and play for you know the box for for AFC uh, for uh, for other teams. Um, and have done super well. And we've had some players who have played for other clubs, you know, outside the States. Uh, but I think I've had more and more interest from my my players who are freshmen, sophomore, juniors in college, and some of my younger kids that are sophomore, junior seniors in high school, just looking for more opportunities to play at a high level. Um, our organization is starting to kind of make some more connections at like the USL level, MLS level overseas. And then this was kind of just naturally a, a, ne- a next step for us to uh be able to offer to kind of our clientele an, an outdoor uh 
semi-pro experience as well, right? So we're, we're not conflicting with any of the youth clubs. Um, this is a good way to still support everyone, stay independent, but offer uh, not just high-level futsal, but high-level outdoor. So our goal is to, to use a lot of young talent, a lot of young, local talent as well this first year. And then I do imagine it will uh, evolve into, you know, having a couple of players come in from, you know, out of town, maybe some bigger schools uh, as we continue to kind of grow interest. But um, I, we, we do plan to use a lot of our current and former FFA players, uh, both from our youth academy and that guys who are alumni now, right, playing college somewhere else. Uh, but the goal is to use a lot of our, our players. Do you have a uh, home location for outdoor? Do you have an outdoor venue set up yet? Yeah, so we're going to play and train at Dexter High School, just outside of Ann Arbor. So that'll be our home for the men's and women's team this year. Oh, very cool. I know that uh, uh, there's a, a lot of teams that we're getting uh, hyper-localized uh, with um, the teams, especially in the Midwest Premier League. It, it, I got to say, it's very exciting. There's more opportunity, like you said, uh, the, the players in the age range that you're you're specifying that you're picking out for these, these outdoor teams, like... There's never been um, – I, I wanted to express this on the last episode when uh, I was talking about um, how does the outlook for Michigan soccer looks like. I'd say the theme going into it is probably one of the, the, the most opportunities for players to play this summer than before, I'd say, right? Yeah, it's almost overly flooded to some degree, depending on who you ask, um, which, you know, which is good and bad, right? I think uh, – I think it's going to promote soccer in general. And the hope is that, you know, maybe maybe there's another USL team that pops in. Obviously, I think at some point Michigan, you know, needs an MLS team to continue to grow the game at the highest level. But uh, for now, yeah, I think it's great that we have more interest at the higher level. Um, I think what separates us is just um, we're going to utilize futsal during the spring and summer still. We'll probably have once a week or every other week a futsal training uh, I do want to stay true to kind of who we are in that regards. Obviously, we'll train two or three times outside still. Uh, but I think our philosophy is going to be using a lot of our current and former players and having that be the main core of our team. And then maybe, you know, mixing in a few others that, you know, are interested in trying out or, or that want to play at, at a higher level. So I think that's one thing that will separate us is, you know, our goal is to, to push players to the next level, right? If, if that means pushing them on to – USL teams like a Bucks or AFC greats, uh, but I think the ultimate goal is to um, push players to level higher, right? USL, MLS, overseas, pro indoor. Um, so that's going to be the, the main focus of, of our team, at least. Uh, I gotta say, I I, I went to the uh, Midwest Premier League uh, annual meeting, and the prospect of a uh, uh, a championship of a Michigan, all it's a, a conference that you're participating in. There's an East versus West, 17 out of the 18 teams in Michigan. There's going to be a conference championship game. So it's essentially, I, it, uh, there's going to be a Michigan team in a championship game. Uh, uh, how do you feel about uh, maybe playing for that? Yeah, it would be nice to, to play for right, uh, the, the Michigan Derby, so to speak, right? So uh, we're, we're excited to play. Right? I, I, think, I think we'll be super competitive. Uh, you know, sometimes you never know until you play a team, but uh, our hope is to, to, to do to do very well this first year. Um, we'll have some pretty high standards, I think, once we finalize our roster and we'll be we'll be coming coming to win right from the get go. Going back to what I was uh, talking about, you you said uh, some people say that uh, the, the region is flooded, but wouldn't 
okay, so maybe if that speculation is true, but I mean, it gives the opportunity for some players that maybe those voices aren't rating that high. I mean, there's only one way for players to get better, right? I mean, we're trying to raise the level all across the board. 100%. Yeah, I think I do think it's like there's pros and cons, right? The pro for sure, like more opportunities for players to play and shine. And, and the hope is that, you know, some of those teams will, will have players that do well and maybe some other teams in the next tier of soccer uh, pick those guys up, which would be great for them, right? Because I think there are under, underrated players all over the place. Um, and this is a good opportunity for that for them to be seen. Absolutely. But even if it doesn't pay dividends to the the player pool at large this year, it gives a lot more players more 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 uh, places to shoot for, though. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. mean, in the past, yeah. I mean, there was like you know a handful of teams where uh, college or a senior level player could uh, play the game he loves beyond you know just the, the the parameters of the school or or whatnot. So it's exciting, and then clubs such as yourself, and then like uh, other youth clubs, the fact that they're uh, have the ambition to venture into that uh, adult world is exciting because uh, I uh, don't like that that quality of uh, you know the the in depth youth club, but then ending you know once they go to college, like a player sh- hopefully extends their their playing life beyond uh, high school years. Yeah, I think that's you know one of the pros as well, right? You know, players that you know maybe maybe they want to stay stay fit and obviously they play like you know your local Wixom or Wyvern leagues but um maybe want to do a bit more and for me the UPSL and PSO those leagues uh if they have more teams they can offer just more soccer and and that's great like we want to have guys continue to to play for life right especially after college it's nice to keep those guys involved and and it's good for the young guys to play against them for a few years as well so yeah for me like i said there's not a lot of cons per se uh, with 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 the market being flooded, but it does provide more opportunities for all. And, and at the end of the day, I agree. I think that's what everyone is looking for. Well, exciting times ahead for uh, the Futsal Factory Academy um, playing their final regular season uh, game uh, Saturday night at High Velocity in Canton. Uh, Drew Ducker, uh, Ducks, uh, thank you for uh, joining me. And uh, can you let the listeners know? Um, where they can look up more information if they're they're curious about what we've been talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank you for having me on, Robert. I appreciate it. If anyone wants more information, if you Google Futsal Michigan, we're most likely going to be the first one that pops up. But our website is futsalfactoryacademy.com. Um, it has all of our information from youth to camps to rec program to our minis to our women's to our men's futsal and outdoor teams. All my information is on there. I'm happy to chat with anyone interested um, in playing for our men's or men's futsal and outdoor teams, youth academy. Um, feel free to shoot me an email and uh, we can set something up. So uh, we appreciate your time and everything you're doing for, for Michigan, Robert. And, and thank you so much again for having me on. about does it for another episode of michigan soccer central podcast thank you to ducks for joining us talking about the futsal factory academy and thank you to all the guests 
that have come on to Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. It really is the core of this show. And really, this show is all about shining a light on all the many corners and layers of the world's game being played right here in our borders. Thank you for uh, tuning in to the program as always, 101. Uh, Thanks to Daily Detroit once again for uh, collaborating on episode 100. If you didn't hear that, check out uh, Michigan Soccer Central Podcast and all your favorite uh, audio devices. And check out Daily Detroit. They do an awesome daily podcast about uh, all the current events and places to go, places to see and places to check out. I uh, can't recommend that podcast enough. All right. So there's futsal on Saturday, and I'm sure a whole bunch of other stuff, too. The first week of uh, girls' soccer season is underway, too. So how about that? So everybody, truly, uh, it's a pleasure to say, until next time, enjoy your soccer.